Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello, and welcome to Blizzard Watch, the podcast where we talk about Blizzard games. I'm your host, Matthew Rossi. Uh, with me this week are two really just fantastic co-hosts. Uh, as is usually the case, I'm going to announce our f- first up. She writes just about everything on the site, uh, Anne Stickney. Anne, how are you? We're better than the Fantastic Four, but that's yes, not saying yes. much because that film that is was true. terrible. <laughs> They've, they've made three movies, uh, like not counting the Roger Corman one, and it, the amazingly, the worst movie was the the most recent one. It and that's just, just gets worse every time. Yeah, I keep hoping I, that maybe someday. But yeah, we just spent the pre-show talking a lot about superheroes, so sorry. It's still on my mind. Go figure. Anyway, um, with 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 the Warcraft movie coming out this year, like in a in like what at this point three months? Yeah, it's in May. Uh, so yeah, I'm. I don't know. I, I've seen some. There's been some surprise good movies and some surprisingly depressingly bad movies, and I'm just hopeful at this point. I'm I'm really hopeful that that Warcraft movie pulls it out. I'm, it would I'm be interested sad. in seeing how it does because what I'm, I, obviously you know we were just talking about superheroes, so I've got those on the brain, right? But we have seen a lot of that whole superhero genre come out over the past several years. Like, they've really embraced that with, you know, the whole Avengers thing, um, Marvel in particular, but then also DC with, like, the Batman films and Superman and all of that. And it's been a while since we've seen, like, a fantasy, straight-up fantasy fantasy flick. I mean, I think the last big noteworthy, noteworthy one was, of course, you know, Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. So it'll be interesting to see where it fits now and if it still fits in and i just i want to see honestly i just want to see what it turns out to be you know yeah i know it's not going to be a direct adaptation of of warcraft orcs and humans so i want to see what kind of animal did they wrestle it into what does it look like yeah i think that's really that's for the best but should also at this point um introduce the editor-in-chief of the site and overall reason we all have jobs uh alex zebart hi alex hello how are you 
Uh, well, we don't need to get into how I am. Employed. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <Thanks> to you. <laughs> yes, you're very welcome. Uh, but before you know, before we move on, um, I, I'm going to take a quick moment just just to say, um, I had some really bad news last week, and I think if you cover if you follow the site, you're probably aware of it. Uh, and it's it hasn't been fixed or anything, but a lot of you stepped up to help, and uh, we were doing stuff on that front. Like we'll be doing stuff on that front for the next few months, but I just wanted to say thank you to everybody who did um, help because it's very much appreciated. Both my wife and I appreciate it a great deal. Uh, it's not a magical fix. It's not a cure-all. Uh, it's very likely that I will be impaired for the rest of my life, but whatever can be done will be done because you people stepped in to help. So thank you very much. Uh, I don't want to get too, you know, on focused on that. I just wanted to say that. Hey, we were and, talking about superheroes, so there we go. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, in a way, in a very big way, of the readers of the site, you kind of stepped in and did that for me. So thank you. Uh, ordinarily, we talk about top stories this week, but I'm going to be honest. Uh, I don't know what's going on. I had I had there kind of a week. So. We've been out this week. Yeah, there wasn't <laughs> yeah. actually like a whole lot that went on per se. Um, I know that. Since the last show, they had their dungeon race thing, and they introduced Maw of Souls on the Alpha. Um, but other than that, I don't think there's really been any big, big game news, has there, Alex? Um, depends on what level of game you're interested in. There was some really interesting stuff that happened in Heroes of the Storm on the competitive scene. Yeah. Uh, there was. Oh a... yes, yes. Talk about that. Yeah. So the the competitive heroes team everybody knows about are Cloud Nine and Tempo Storm. Uh, they had a pre-existing organization before Heroes, so they had the ability to kind of get their name out there very quickly. Um, there was a little spat. Uh, I don't know if I'd call it a spat. I guess there was a spat between them after a recent tournament. Uh, apparently, one of the teams really enjoys playing Stitches competitive. That's kind of their thing. They play Stitches. Uh, the other team released a video showing a bug that hasn't really been very well known and that apparently Stitches causes a lot of lag for the opposing team in a specific game mode when they do custom games like they do for tournaments to make sure they can play against each other instead of just queuing into the general queue. In custom games specifically, when Stitches attack attacks out of the fog of war, it drops the other team's FPS to like three. And this has just been ongoing for a and long in time. in a tournament, that's pretty much the kiss of death. Right yeah, there. so just playing Stitches, you your team immediately has an advantage because your other team has three FPS. And this hasn't been a recognized bug by Blizzard or anything until some videos were released of it uh, during this week and over the weekend. And as soon as Blizzard saw these videos, they have indefinitely banned Stitches from competitive play until they can fix the bug. Mm. So tournament play, Stitches is out. He's just out. Uh, Lee Ming is also out, but that's standard because she's brand new. And a lot of times they will ban brand new characters from competitive play because they'll often release imbalanced or not quite up to snuff for competitive play. But Stitches is straight up out because there's a bug. They don't know what's going on. And I just find it kind of fascinating to like, well, yeah, you can't play this in competitive anymore. It's that busted. And apparently it, you don't encounter it in Quick Match or Hero League. It's, it's just in the custom, in custom games. Matches. Yeah. So they're really not sure what's going on with that. And because they don't know, you can't play it. That's got to have something to do with how custom matches interface the servers. Yeah. Because that's just, that's just bizarre. It, it is bizarre. And when you watch the videos, it's really clear. You know, there will be no lag for the, for the team at all. 
They'll be playing perfectly normally, and Stitch's hook comes out of the fog of war, and suddenly Boom. everybody gets hit with an FPS drop. They just it's can't a slideshow. That's all it is. It's crazy. And considering <laughs> Stitch's hook is used to, you know, start yeah, off a combat over. to engage people, the person who gets hooked is not going to be able to escape because they can't play. Uh, the teammates who are now down one person, they can't really play, so they're just going to get rolled. It's bad. Yeah. That's I found it fascinating just because it's such a such a strange situation. It's a weird bug. Very weird bug. I hope they get that. It's a fixed. bug. It's bug, and certainly not that somebody in the Heroes of the Storm team really likes stitches. <laughs> <laughs> How oh, do God, we make they... stitches competitive? Prevent the other team from playing at all. Yeah. All right. Well, okay, we're gonna do emails now because that is what we do here on the show. As is always the case, please send your emails to podcast at blizzardwatch.com. We don't really care what they're about. Uh if you send an email that you want on the lore show, we you know, we'll just put it there. But you need to put that in the, the subject so we know it's for them. Otherwise we assume they're for this show. Uh and as is always the case, uh starting off with this email from Nabonidus, who's from Chamber of Aspects EU. I like your name. Uh, it reminds me of, of Assyrian and Sumerian mythology, so that's cool. I like your name. Uh, hi, Watchers. I saw a video preview for the Death Knight class hall in the Legion Alpha. It seems like it's going to be Acarus and almost identical to the starter Death Knight Fortress. While it is a very illogical choice for the DK class hall, I have to admit that I'm a bit disappointed in the fact that we won't see a new exciting place like the other classes will. So my question is, what do you think of the choice for Acarus as class hall? And what other you know options for DK class halls might Blizzard not be exploring here? I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. In any case, thank you for a great podcast and congratulations on your one-year anniversary. Uh, with warm regards, Nabon. This. Um, I gotta be honest with you, they're not the only ones getting basically the same place they've always had, and in some cases, people are annoyed they're not getting the place they might have expected. So, I mean, rogues are still a little irritated they didn't get Ravenhold. Yep. Um, so, Alaron Fortress is turning into something pretty cool, though. <laughs> I kind of like it with every iteration, it gets a little cooler. I think a lot of places, a lot of classes didn't have any place like that. Like, like priests and warriors and shamans didn't really have a meeting place or anything, whereas uh, monks had a place. Uh, monks actually lose their place. Um, I don't know. Eh, okay, at this point... It's kind of spoilery. Um, <laughs> uh, at this point, you know, I'm just going to say that, and you can find out more later. But So for the Death Knights having Acarus, I can say, you know, I've, I've leveled two Death Knights. Yes, Death Knights have Acarus. They, they have the same place. Uh, it's a little different. But it's not, it's not really changed. It's the exact same physical structure. It's been like cleaned up, hasn't it? Well, yeah. There's no, there's there's no dead abominations littering it, you know. But that that was pretty much the case anyway. Does it does it have um does it have the little oh we're in progress caution signs scattered around? Not that I've seen, no, I didn't see any of them. Okay. But like I said they they've almost done nothing to it. Um, the only real changes they threw in that um and the the forge for the you know artifacts. And you're, you got Sushi the Banshee is basically your second-in-command sort of thing, telling you what's going on, which is cool to me because I always like Sushi the Banshee. She's, she's cool and a cool reference. That's awesome. Um, but in general, um, yeah, like a lot of classes, if you had a class location that made sense, it's at least theoretically possible that you'll get it. Um, Paladins, the Paladin one, it's sort of an old place and yet a new place. Yeah, it's in that a place one, that's been uh, – it's – you know, we've been in that physical general location. 
and where you end up has been hinted at before, but we haven't seen it until now. Yeah, and I actually think the Paladin class hall, it's a little small compared to some of the class halls, but it's an, it's a good location. I think it looks Wait cool. a second. Something, I just realized something. There's, in the Paladin class hall, there's stained glass windows with light coming in. Uh-huh. Yep. It's underground. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> what? You just noticed this? Yeah. yeah. Don't, don't think too hard about that one. Don't think too hard. It's, it's the light. It's just the yeah, light, literally, Alex. Yeah, it's literally the light. the light is coming through those <laughs> okay. windows. Uh, I actually think it's the it's all the ten it's the soul of the ten thousand dead people who are like you know just shining through the windows. Hey guys, to, it's us. yeah, they're just like tapping on there. Hey guys, how's it going in there? Uh, having anyway, fun. Like, I think I think having existing places with history attached to them is way cooler than a new no-name place, but not if you just copy paste Acros. Like you can have the same physical location, but they need to do something to you know portray time has passed this is a really important place you know there's lots of stuff going on here the one thing that they have done that i know that they've done is they moved it like acarus once you hit level 100 and you get you start doing the stuff in legion your acarus now changes locations it's now directly above bad place in in the the shattered front the broken isles it's right over the broken isles along with yeah when you're when you're running around like on the shoreline, because there's that permanent water walking ring now, so I went exploring in the ocean. Uh, if you look up when you're down in the ocean and you see Dalaran, if you just look to the side a bit, there's Acarus. Like they're both floating right there. Yeah. So it's not like it's still hanging out in the plague lands. The paladins are in the plague lands. The death knights are right up in Burning Legion's business. Well, because they figure, you know, hey, the place moves, we must move it. Um, I think the only other location that would have made any sense for a death knight hall. Would have basically been Ice Crown Citadel. Yeah, and, I guess to a degree. Yeah. Well, because of because of things I'm not going to mention because again they'd be spoilers. Uh, there's a reason why Ice Crown would be a good location, but it would be way a not near where you're supposed to be. It, it but then again it wouldn't be any further away than the Plaguelands. We don't really know for sure exactly where the Broken Isles are at the moment. We know they're like north of the Maelstrom and a little towards the the Eastern Kingdoms, but they're yeah. not. That's the thing. The problem is, like, we look at the map and the continents are a certain size, and we don't. There's actually a lot of distance between them that we don't really get. So yeah. It's, kind of, it's hard to like actually locate where the Broken Isles are at the moment. Plus, stuff moves around the Maelstrom. So yeah. But you know, shamans, for instance, shaman are at, actually in. You, you remember when you'd see the original, like when you fought Deathwing, and you were actually on pieces of the the Maelstrom, like the the islands. Yeah. That you were standing on to fight him. The shaman class hall seems to be like right there. Like right under there, like it, it's it's yeah, like it's in the right there, it's surrounding it. So there are some of the class hall locations make a lot of sense. Some of them, I'm gonna be honest, I like the warrior class hall quite a bit, but it it's totally like we got nothing. Um, There's nothing in guy, there. Yeah, it's not only is there nothing in there, but it's like they had no lore. Warriors don't have any unifying class lore. There was no place warriors go to hang out because everybody had warriors, and the warriors were much more of like a okay, I'm a I fight for my country or my people there was no i'm a fighter but i don't do that magic stuff sometimes i slap on a shield yeah (laughs) and it's like rogues have have like a common unity because they're all like the the, they're all looked down upon and so they kind of have like the they went out to the secretive place where they could be roguey together or paladins are all you know channeling i I would kind of disagree about the rogue thing i think rogues and warriors are both in a tough spot um as somebody who primarily plays a human rogue 
I felt really out of place in the rogue class hall, but that's me. The rogue thing, I mean, I, I meant that they had Ravenhold. They, no, they all yeah, kind of yeah. had that place where they went to. So at least there was some precedent. There was never, <laughs> like, the closest Warriors had was Frey Island. And that was, like, for quests that were taken out of the game years ago. Yeah, Ravenholt like, was kind of the same thing. You went there to learn how to detect traps. Yeah. Kind of. Um, and Ravenholt itself wasn't really considered, like, a unifying organization or anything like that. Like, if you were on Horde, it was all about the Shattered Hand. And if you were Alliance, it was all about, like... SI7, really? Yeah, SI7, yeah, that yeah. kind of thing. It wasn't really... That, that was why uh, the rogue class hall made me so uncomfortable. Um, I play a human rogue. Uh, ostensibly, I'm part of SI7. Like, that's who I do all my class... Did all my class quests for, and I'm a human rogue. SI7 is what you do. And then you go to the rogue class hall, they're like, yeah, we kill kings for money. Like, wait, and what? And it's like, uh... <laughs> I work for the king, king, I hope. <laughs> I work for... <laughs> There's two guys that, that guy. yeah. There's only two guys that still have King in their part of their name, and I work for one of them. And the other one's still like living in Stormwind with me. Yeah. Like I see that guy all the time. Well, plus, I mean, the worst thing about the rogue class hall though, and I, I know we've kind of like drifted away from the DK thing, but it does kind of connect, uh, is when you're in there and you look over after they tell you the king killing thing, and there's Matthias Shaw right at the table. He's actually not there anymore. As yeah, he's last gone. Build. They took him out. Oh, they, they took him out. Because otherwise... I However... Wonder, yeah, are you planning on stabbing everybody here? Like, is, However, what Matthias, are you... Matthias Shaw is gone from the room, but Gen Crayman's daughter is in the room now. And there's no oh. explanation for her as of yet. Nope. Tess, Tess, she has no dialogue or anything. Tess Greymane is there. She is listed as being one of the uncrowned, but there's nothing about her I hate yet. royalty! She doesn't talk to anyone yet or anything either. And I'm sitting here going, oh, there's a story there. And I'm wondering what that story is. And I'm guessing that daddy doesn't approve. <laughs> yes, um, you are aware that you are currently the heir to the throne of Gilneas, correct? Yeah. Wait, well, she's I'm not going to be a king. She's either there because she's spying, like for dad, or she's there because she's a rebel. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It, this, they, there's this nothing is, there yeah. about her yet. It's just, it's kind of fascinating because it's like, what are you doing? And, you know, when you mouse over her, there's not even like a talk bubble or anything. She's not involved in any of the, I've done both the combat and the subtlety chains and she's not involved in either one of those. So it's like, who, why are you here? <laughs> there's they a story here and I can't wait to see what that story is because there, there is a story here. Well, yeah, they haven't implemented assassination yet, so it might be involved in that. I don't know. I don't know. I get the picture that assassination is going to be more Corona-related. But as far as, you know, the Death Knights go, Acherus is really, honestly, that's the best fit for them. That really is the best yeah. fit for them. They were, they had class halls before class halls were a thing. They had yeah, Acherus the, before a class hall was even a thing. Yeah, it would make very little sense for them to not have it, unless... The only way for that to work would be if like they had sailed it up to the broken front and got it destroyed in the pre thing, and then they'd have to find a new place. But quite frankly, Acherus fits for the lore. It fits for you know their class feeling, and the fact that they have themselves a, a scourge necropolis and it's made out of Saranite. You know, this is one of the new powerful ones that Arthas was building. Yeah, um, they'd be fools not to use it. The only thing that would like. I can think of like two other places, like like I said, Ice Crown Citadel would be one, and Malachris would be the other one. Because yeah, remember, that there's would the be un- a bad one. Yeah, the unfinished Malachris. They could, but then again, if you use Malachris, you're just using Acherus under another name. Yeah. 
it's another necropolis. It's the same. It's the same kind of thing. Like it, I said, I don't think it, I don't think you need to have a brand new place. Uh, I mean, my personal preference is again places that already have some pre-established history. But even that, like that, doesn't really matter as long as the location is full of cool stuff. If they're going to yeah. fill it full of cool stuff, it can be an actual latrine instead of a sewer. Just an actual place where you take a poop. If it's full of cool stuff, I won't care. <laughs> well, that's the thing too. Is Obviously, like, I actually, they know. need to add some cool stuff in there. They just need to add yeah. some stuff. The Warrior Class Hall needs to be like they need to be NBCs there. They need to be like, filled right out. Now, there, there yeah, are the several Warrior... class halls that just they aren't filled out yet at all. Yeah, but um, I made this mistake in the Warrior Class Hall of um, off to the side. There's what I assumed was going to be like the fighting pit in there. Oh and yeah, it's it's this disc floating like it has open air all around it. I jumped down onto it, and I got onto it, but you can't get out again without teleporting out of the class hall. Yeah, no, you can't. So I was like, oh, well, this place you're is not, clearly not done. Whoopsie. If you're not exactly careful, you will fall through it. I've and done that, just keep trying to get on it. I, I was just going to run forward and fall onto it, but I fell into the gap, so this time I jumped over. Yeah, you can heroic leap to it, but then you can't get off. Okay, next email is from somebody with an interesting name. It's lacking an E, so... It's not the same as Shade. So it's Shad. Uh, he's U.S. Hydel, a Horde Blood Elf Paladin. Um, official cause of every wipe for the Wolves of War. Well, congratulations, man. Um, I, I guess. Question. Do you think we need a sociability rating system for players in WoW, specifically for pugging? I do. I don't pretend to know exactly what it would be, look like, but in my mind, I think of a combination of data from fights and other player feedback. Using data from fights to balance other player feedback would help control bad feedback so that overrating a friend would be mitigated by their low DPS or frequent damage taken from avoidable damage. Uh, sites that run combat logs can apparently collect this sort of information easily. A quick player survey before they can get their rewards would have a scale, 1 to 5 rating, friendliness, skill, and overall. Something you know, simple and fast. It doesn't have to encompass every possible source of data. I'm not envisioning a perfect system. However, I would like one that provides some clue on what we're getting into. I, I know that there would be abuse, but I think adding in objective data would help. Also, for the most part, friendly players who don't die to fire will be more often than not rated highly. What do you think, Shad? Um, do either of you guys have an opinion before I say anything? Uh, Overwatch seems to be doing this in that, um, maybe it's, I don't know if it's just a beta thing or if it's going to go live. Uh, at the end of a match, there's a few different things that happen in Overwatch. One, you see the play of the game. Afterwards, four boxes come up full of different stats. So, like, this player did the most healing. This player had, you know, so many... The highest kill streak. Highest blah, blah, kill blah. streak. And, and you can pick one just to... Do like vote for it in like a commendation kind of thing. I don't think it does anything. Like it doesn't give a reward, but everybody if they get can a certain number something. of votes, then all of a sudden it goes ping and the card gets bigger. But yeah, like it's just a fancy thing. It's kind of like oh, let's, I'll reward a player with giving them a little number uptick. It's it's basically here's four cool things that happened during that match. Vote for your favorite. That's all it yeah. is. And in addition to that, you can pick. Uh, your match rating. Did you have a negative experience, a positive experience, or a neutral experience? And on top of that, uh, it doesn't display it automatically, but you can choose to vote, for, you know, positive, neutral, negative for each player uh, if you click on a thing to bring that up. So Overwatch kind of has this system. I don't know how much it uses it, 
Uh, I don't know what it really does at the moment, given there are so few people in the alpha or beta. What is it? Beta? Alpha? Beta? Closed beta. beta. Okay, beta. Yeah. Uh, so I don't really see why WoW couldn't have some kind of writing system. Uh, I don't know if the if nothing else, I don't know, maybe Blizzard could control some, some abuse that way. If somebody's consistently getting really negative reports, uh, action that in some way. Um, I don't know if it would help to display for every single player, every other player's friendliness score or whatever. I think that if you want to do some kind of a sociability rating system, bringing in combat logs is not the way to do that. Because <laughs> somebody can be really friendly. Friendly as I'll get out. And a pleasant person to hang out with and stuff. And they still play terribly. Or somebody can play really, really well and they're a jerk. But it, that doesn't... One of these things does not excuse the other on a sociability scale. On a sociability scale, you're either cool or you're a jerk. You, you'd like to hang out with the cool people. You don't want to hang out with the jerks. That's I think that's kind of what it boils down to. Um, and I don't... I, I guess a rating system would be okay, but there's so much possibility for people to abuse that where they just, you know, downvote everybody because they think it's funny. Um, so you kind of have to deal with the curve here and, and where that curve would be. I would like to see it, you know where it's to a point where if you've gotten such and such amount of, of downvotes, all of a sudden you're being paired with the people who do the downvotes, who, who have the most. So, you know, those people are kind of filtered into their own little pool to play with. Yeah, <laughs> if, that, yeah. if they want to be jerks, let's go ahead and stick them with the rest of them. That yeah, kind of a thing. It would be, it, it would be a good data for blizzard to have in some internal system where they sort people into certain groups or you know so on and so forth uh versus you know, i don't want to be able to see the sociability score of somebody in dollar no i don't think i should be able to see that i don't think i should be able to see it at all honestly i don't want right. to know because the moment the moment you see that score that's that's when it becomes a thing that you have to compete for or that yeah, that's when it becomes a, a moment where it's sort of like the whole eye level thing. It's like, what's your eye level? Yeah, Is your, your eye level in a certain amount? Yeah. You know, it's like a snap judgment system. And I don't, for other players to use, and I don't think that something like this should be that. And Yeah, once you have, once you have a system that's displayed, people will game it. Yeah. Because that's how people are. Yeah. The, the second such a system exists and is that kind of transparent system where people can all see, oh, his, his social, you know, people will like, you know, will game it in all sorts of different ways. They'll deliberately upvote one guy to get him up. They'll, they'll downvote other people to get him down. They'll, you know, you'll get guild groups that have like one person in that isn't in the guild and they'll all down, they'll all downvote him. All sorts of ways that it can be abused if it's a system. This person's that, you know, friendliness score is too high. I'm going to knock him down a peg. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, f and for that matter, I mean, especially if it's used for matchmaking, like we just pointed out, like what if, if it's used to isolate players with other players who are like that, then it will be gamed if it's open. My biggest problem is this. I've been, you know, I've been pugging for years and years. Um, I think everybody on this podcast has been playing the game forever. Uh, so... <clears throat> All of I'm gonna just say 95% of my bad experiences in pugs are from players who know how to play the game. Yeah, they're good players. They're just terrible people. They expect everybody uh, else to be on the same level that they are. And it's just 
I mean, I, I've and it, a lot of times they're not even it's not even bad experiences to me, like because I'm usually not the person they're giving grief to. I'm usually just there. But I've had to leave like I don't even know how many groups because I just wouldn't put up with it anymore. Like I just would, you know, there's a level of how much jerk I'll put up with in a run. Like I'll usually allow three incidents before I'm done. First incident, I'll just let go entirely. The second incident, I'll say something on. And the third one, I'm gone. That's just how I am. I know that I'll be waiting. Like here's, here's the other problem. I I know that I'll be waiting if I want to stay DPS, but I'm usually playing a tank character. So if I really want to get a dungeon run and people aren't cooperating, I will sw simply switch specs. And now I'm tanking it. And now I can basically, there's the other problem. Any system is going to have to account for that pressure. DPS players are on the bottom of the totem pole and they know it. They know that they're going to have to wait if they leave a group or if they're made to leave a group or anything happens. Tanks and healers can get new groups like that. They can get a new group like however, however fast the queue is for them, they can get a group that fast. That was always Whereas, one of the problems with um, Halls of Reflection. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd queue and I'd wait forever because I play a rogue, so I'm DPS. Wait forever, finally get into a group, get to the first boss, and if the shield didn't drop, the tank was gone. Yeah, and then they just they just there. noped on out of there, and it's like, yep. wait, what about? Okay, so we're waiting again. <laughs> and then the, and then you'd get a tank who'd zone in, like a paladin or warrior would zone in and be like, oh, oh, you killed the first boss, never mind, and, and they leave. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. And that happened three or just, four times, and then eventually just everybody praying, would just leave Please, please, a death knight, please. Yeah. Please get us a death knight. Please a druid. Please anything but a warrior or paladin, because they're yeah. gonna they're gonna leave. I zoned, I remember zoning into that dungeon like a hundred times as a tank, and I didn't need the shield because I was, you know, you, you and I were both tanking we the same ready. content at the time. I was, yeah. yeah, I was in I was in heroic. Uh, I was on her, doing heroic Lich King attempts, but I would zone in because there was a trinket in one of those things that I really wanted. Yeah. And plus, I like some of the gear. I just like how it looked. So I was trying to collect it. So I'd zone in. They'd be like, oh, he's going to leave. And I'd be like, oh, are you kidding me? No, man. No, look at my gear. I, I'm, I am <laughs> down for this just being Arthas. You kidding? I am down to get my Valor, my little Valor token-y things even faster and being done. They were Frost Emblems back then, I think. And I was like, yeah, oh, oh, I am down for the for the fast run. Let's go. Uh, just get behind me. And and I'm going to pull, like, as fast as I can, but that's not a problem because they come in waves anyway. So just, just stay near me, and we're just going to go through this very fast. And that's the thing is, like, you know, all these elements are stuff that have to be in any system like that. You have to account for pressures and stuff. I think it should be as simple as possible. I don't think trying to calculate too much raw data is going to, to botch your system. You just it's not going to be useful yeah. if you want a system that's for sociability just account for sociability don't try and also account for good gameplay because people can learn gameplay but very rarely do people learn oh my god i am a jerk i'm gonna and i'm gonna be completely honest like the more i think about it the more i'm sure i wouldn't even use this system when i finish a dungeon i'm just gonna move on with my life i'm not gonna stop and rate everybody uh if i made a friend i've probably put them on my friends list if yeah. they're a jerk, I've probably just put them on ignore halfway through the dungeon. When I'm, the dungeon is done, I've moved on with my life already. <laughs> I'm on to bigger and better things. Yeah, the most I ever do is block people, so I never get grouped with them again. And honestly, I think that's a great system right there. The fact that once you block them, then they'll never be grouped with you again. Even if that means it takes you longer to get a dungeon, that's a piece of, that's a trade I'll make. But, okay, so I think we've covered this one. Uh, next one is from Arc Arcman. Arkmam? Arkmum. 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 So that is M-A-M? Like, I'm not, like... Yeah. Yeah, it's like okay, Arkmam. 
I do actually have a little problem with the eye, so sometimes I'd like that. Is that an N? I can't quite tell. Mark uh, Mam Asylum. Yeah, Asylum. <laughs> Asylum. Uh, Stormweaver EU. I'm sorry, man. Your name threw me. Or or Ma'am. Man or Ma'am, whichever you are. Uh, hi, Watchers. I have a question about artifact appearances. Do we know if we unlock every color variation at once when we unlock a new model for our artifacts? For example, if my rogue unlocks the rapier model for the Dreadblades, will I get all the color variants to choose from at once, or are they different colors unlocked in different ways? I'm going to stop here and answer this. Uh, we don't know how it'll eventually be put in, but right about now, when you have an appearance, you have not unlocked anything else. Like there are, like right now, I have just one appearance on my artifact, and none of the color variants are unlocked. Yeah, I'm going to assume and that the color variants are like, you know, skins. You unlock them in different ways. There's currently, as far as I know, no way to unlock anything else. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, the base artifact, and you can't even think about getting the other skins yet. I don't think there's a way to do it. I think it's something that happens at endgame, and since we can't get to level 110 yet, oh well. Yeah. You can look at them on the forge. You can look at all the different color variants and different skins, but that's all you can do. So as of right now, the answer is no, but who knows? We don't know how it'll be implemented. Uh, so, But I thought I'd stop and just answer that one quick before we move on to the next one. Also, when reading Rossi's KYLs about Diablo, it struck me that the primevals have a lot in common with the old gods from WoW. Both old gods and primevals are powerful magic users and fighters, but it seems their most dangerous weapon is corruption and long-term planning. Have you noticed any other interesting parallels between these two groups? Uh, well, they're both villains and RPGs made by Blizzard Entertainment. That's a pretty big one. Um, um, the, the, what, I think what you'll find when you explore multiple Blizzard games is um, they're all basically the same. The story is essentially the thematic the elements same. are similar. Diablo, Warcraft, Starcraft, pretty much the same things happen. I think Overwatch uh, the, is really the first one that. Paint. Yeah, I think Overwatch is really the first one that's kind of broken out of that mold a little bit, in terms of. Oh yeah, they just haven't announced the, uh, the you know Overwatch. It turns out that you know, dev the devil is real. Well, we, don't, <laughs> we don't know what turned the Reaper from just being some guy with a shotgun to a Reaper. Mercy did. There's been hints. No, Mercy's dialogue implies that it was Mercy who did it. Well, I think, I don't the, know. I think the, impl the implication <laughs> is he didn't he didn't die because Mercy saved him, and he, yes. maybe he would have been okay with dying. It's, I know. I'm just it's, yeah. <laughs> it, it, Mercy is an the, old god. As far as their fictional <laughs> universes go, there's always there's always this thematic quality of there's the really good good and there's the really bad bad the really bad bad usually gets around doing things by merit of corruption or and or mind control and or something along those lines See, so wow is actually wow is unique in that it actually has more than one yeah diablo the prime evils in diablo remind you of the old gods because the old gods are one of blizzard's like three or four different ones for it's wow you know what i mean like diablo just has the prime evils really there's there's the primevals and the hells and that's where bad stuff comes from. Whereas in WoW you've got the Burning Legion, you've got the old gods, then you've got like random people you've never heard of before who just happen to be doing evil stuff, you know, for like one or two quests. Uh, and then you've got Kuldan. Like, yeah, you've got who's Kuldan. just a jerk. Yeah, he would fail the sociability it. rating. To be fair, I, I kind of feel like Warcraft villains all blur together at a point. Well, yeah, but that's my point is that, you know, yeah. there's a similarity to them, but they, they have, you could just as easily make a case for the Primevals being similar to the Burning Legion. 
And I feel like the Burning Legion and the Old Gods are basically the same thing. Yeah. Well, that, that I don't agree with, but I can. I don't feel like going into a 25-minute rant on why they're different. I mean, God good because we don't have that much time left in the show. Well, um, <laughs> in, in the Legion Alpha, like I've always kind of felt this way, but Valshra, the Legion Alpha, felt that way for me a lot because it's Emerald Nightmare stuff, mm-hmm. and it's this whole nightmare and hearing voices in the darkness and blah blah blah. It's like this is an old god zone. I'm fighting satyrs, but this is definitely like Yogg-Saron stuff. Well, that's the interesting thing about that zone. And again, don't want to go too much into detail, but you've got a villain who basically is the perfect meeting place between the two. Yeah. Which is like he's got weird. inroads between the two. So that, that one right about, there. Did we talk about that on Lore Watch? We, we didn't really get into too much detail on it, but we did talk about him. Okay. We talked about more about the, the nightmare, actually, than we did about like the Burning Legion connection. Yeah. But we did talk about it briefly. Yeah. At some point, we probably should actually do a whole show about satyrs and how messed up they are. Sure. But, and, um, and when it, in StarCraft eventually came to this point where it was like, there's an ancient evil that has put all these events in motion. It's like, oh, okay. I see. We're doing old gods and primevals in StarCraft. Gotcha. Well, yeah, the Zelnaga kind of turned out that way, sort of vicious. But, you know, it's kind of funny because they sort of pre... It's like they guessed what was going to happen in Prometheus. And they did it first, which is kind of interesting. But Prometheus was a reason. Um, okay, next email is from Diddy. No, DT. DT. Pronounced DT. DT. Yep. The 100 Frost DK from Taint, Proudmore. Uh, watch, watch your watches. I'm a proud patron backer. Um, you guys have been bee's knees. Uh, I'm happy to pitch in for the content I enjoy throughout the day. Uh, anyway, I had a quick question about the Overwatch beta. I am a Mac gamer, so from what I'm understanding, Overwatch is going to have to be a, comp- a console purchase for me. Is there a beta for PS4 yet? If so, how does one get in? Uh, keep up with the excellent work. Um, I'm not even so. remotely involved in Overwatch, so you guys. I don't I'd... think there's one for the PS4. I think it's just PC right now. Yeah, I, I think that the beta is PC only right now. They're still working on the console ports, but I don't think there's actually like any kind of beta testing going on for the console ports. Or if there is, it's all internal. So... PC's pretty much it. Sorry. I know that doesn't really help you that much. Yeah. I don't think I there's really a things. way to opt in for a console. I don't think I don't think I've ever heard of a game doing a console beta. I think there are console betas. Are there? I don't, I don't know how they, I don't know how they yeah. work because I don't play on consoles, but I know other FPS games have had console betas. I've downloaded console betas have back you? when I was 60. Okay. Yeah, there was a, there was there was one even for Diablo for a little while. Keep in keep in mind that that like my experience with consoles ended before they came into the whole. Hey, you're gonna network with other people online and things like that. Like my before consoles they had were buttons. I had the yeah. console in the living room, and the only people that could play with me were the people who were also in my living room chilling on the couch with an extra controller. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, as of like the 360, so around 2007, 2008, they've they've had downloadable betas for stuff. Like I had the I had the beta, which is really they call them previews more than anything else. Yeah. And I had, like, the preview for uh, Mass Effect 3, for instance, when that came out. Uh, in fact, I remember it very very well, and I know that this has nothing to do with Blizzard, and I'll get through it as fast as possible, but I remember it very well because it's actually the middle of the game. Like, when you start actually playing the game, you're like, what, what, oh, that, oh, I'm, that was the middle of the game. Why did they release that as their test? That was really strange. But, yeah, they, they do have them, but... As yeah, far as I know, Overwatch does out, not have one. Uh, Speed Lancer just pointed out in the chat channel that Xbox One had early access. Um, someone else whose name I cannot 
pronounce and I'm not going to try. I said Destiny, Battlefront, The Division. So, yeah, there are games that have done console betas. All right, cool. I have learned There's, something today. Yeah. I feel better. Overwatch just doesn't have one going right now. No. They yeah. might in the future, who knows, before the release comes out. But I think if they're doing any kind of console testing, it's probably internal still at this point. And I always feel... Um... Again, I haven't played a lot of console betas, but I'm aware of them, and I have seen people play them, and I, I'm kind of aware of the time scale. I think, generally speaking, betas kick off on PC when things are just busted. Like, things are buggy and imbalanced, and it's an actual beta where they want to fix stuff. Whereas the console betas are much closer to release, and it's more... Lo- of a stress test stress test slash they, preview kind of thing they they want to make sure the game isn't going to die on consoles when they launch it and so forth uh and overwatch Unless it's a bethesda is, game in which case they don't care and go ahead and eat <laughs> your bugs uh <laughs> overwatch i think is still fairly early in beta um it's playable and it feels solid but i still feel like it is early development considering they've just added you know the new game mode and all that yeah, they took uh, the beta down over the holidays, too, and it was down for, like, a while. Like, it didn't yeah. come back up until February, did it? Right, and so I think when the beta hits console, it's going to be a lot closer to release of the game on console. Yeah. All right, uh, next email. I'm going to f- scroll down. Okay, I'm going to go with Sevatar, uh, just because I like the idea of it. right. Sevatar. Sevatar, the it's blood a cool elf. cool name. Rogue. Sounds like a Pokemon. He severs things. He's a bad person who severs this, he or she. Um, he keeps saying he this week. I'm bad that way. Uh, greetings, Watchmen and Watchwomen. Further to last week's discussion on dungeons that don't have an impact on the main storyline, an idea occurred to me. What if we had entirely random, randomly generated dungeons slash scenarios? By that I mean random scenery, random mobs, random amounts of rooms and map, even a boss, a, a chimera, with random tactics and abilities that drops randomized loot. Uh, so if it's a generic cave dungeon, the game would know to drop in, for example, Trogs, or if it's a water dungeon, we could drop in Naga, etc., etc. Lore-wise, we could just all jump into a mole machine at the League of Explorers' behest and shoot off around the planet discovering stuff. Could we even tie it into an archaeology to keep that interesting? I realize this would be a large undertaking in terms of development, but we're talking about a new form of dungeon that could last for the lifespan of the game. Uh, thoughts, Sevatar Blood Elf Rogue. This is kind of Diablo-y, isn't this it? This is Diablo Rifts. This and would I be really... a really good way to incorporate Reno and the others from the League of Explorers Hearthstone thing. <laughs> what I like about Rifts is, uh, what I like about Adventure Mode and Diablo 3 in general is they don't pretend any of it is canon narrative stuff. No. They just don't. You go into Rifts, and Rifts are, they're like ancient Nephilim combat simulations. Yeah. <laughs> it's Except like, oh. that they're not simulations. It, their idea of simulation was to make you actually fight things. Yeah, um, they're like they're not real places. They're just conjured realms. Um, and I kind of we've created that. pockets of horrible to test your <laughs> combat ability. That's what they are. Yeah, it's essentially like the deadly holodeck. It's like the holodeck with absolutely no safety features. So yeah. Um, honestly, I I. I'm not opposed to this idea. I kind of thought I would be, but I'm not. But that being said, you know, uh, I don't know how to put this. I think you basically have to not even try. Like, don't even, if you're going to do this, don't tie it into the expansion you're in at all. Like, just have it be, like, you've got an entire, like, at this point, how many years? Like, we're heading towards 12 years? Yeah. You have an entire 12 years of World of Warcraft. Do a dungeon where it's a bunch of Makura. 
Why? Why are we fighting like lobster people? Because they're here. Because they are there. That's why I said this would be really like the whole League of Explorers angle. That would be cool. Bring in Reno and bring in the others from the Hearthstone thing. Just, just have them there. They don't need to be worried about the Legion or anything. There's stuff to go do. They'd like you to go do it. I, you know, it could be just this random thing that that follows without really relying heavily on any expansion whatsoever. It could work. Honestly, honestly, the other thing that makes me think of is this could be the start of a way to actually do something in WoW that other MMOs have done that I think really is something that they could that they should do. Um, is that to come up with a way to get get player content out there? Yeah, yes. that's one of those things that I've wanted. That, like player created scenarios or player created dungeons would be cool. I mean, you that's, just it, that's what I think would set WoW up for not having content shortages forever. Is if you just give players the tools. To make, to make dungeons and let players, you know, write them like, oh, this was a really good one and people are going to play the good ones. And, like, maybe people really enjoy making these. So they make tons of good ones and you always have something new to do. And the ones that are crap are going to sink to the bottom and Sort of like yeah. give, your, and give your MMO a little shot of Mario Maker. Yeah. <laughs> and if, if, if you make it like a thing where the dungeons are to some degree randomized, take just if you're worried people will make loot runs, take the ability to assign loot away from them. The loot's random. You know, it's like if it's, you can choose either... one boss and that boss will randomly generate some kind of loot. And you yeah. can choose or... this many trash mobs and they will also generate some kind of randomly generated loot. Yeah. Or even no loot at all. And it's just, you know, it's a it's a similar to valor points thing where you just get points. I don't know. But I think to a certain degree, it's really well past time for like, this is something that city of heroes had. Yeah. City of heroes hasn't even existed for a couple of years and it was the same age as wow. You know, actually it was a little older. It came out a little bit before it was, the, the it was around before I played city of heroes before I played world of Warcraft. Yeah. The challenge that games always have is, uh, figuring out the, how the loot will work because there are always going to be people who are going to game those custom dungeons for the loot. I think City of Heroes had an issue very early on where people filled dungeons with very low health, low damage, high XP mobs and became an XP farm. Yeah. Uh, Neverwinter did it too. Neverwinter I, Nights. Was it, yeah. was it Neverwinter Nights or was it... It was actually Neverwinter Nights. It was after yeah. Neverwinter. It was, there, was a game, there was a game that came out and oh my gosh, I can't remember the name of it. Not but, Storm Age. Are you talking about Storm Age? No. It had, it had, you could do like player created dungeons and people would make dungeons with lots and lots and lots of low level, low health mobs and you just go grind XP. That's all you do. So you could go do these particular player dungeons and level your character really, really fast, which was not good. Uh, I feel like I don't, obviously, don't speak for everyone. I'm sure there are people who would see this as ludicrous. But I think even if there was no loot in these player-made dungeons, if you just couldn't get loot out of them, I would still run them if people were making cool dungeons. Even if you just got, like, valor points out of them, I would run them. That'd be fun. Especially if it was, like, a scenario or something where you didn't necessarily need a tank. You know, maybe the queues for those are shorter. Who knows? Well, that's the thing. Scenarios, really, that that is another thing that I would... if, If The fact that scenarios haven't been brought back is really just astonishing to me i i know how they're using them they use how they used them in warlords how they seem to be using them in legion and i get that they're they're good for leveling experiences and that's great but having queuable scenarios was a huge i don't understand why 
why has this not come back? Why This is like one of the best things they didn't miss. I don't know. And people in the chat channel are telling me that it, it was Neverwinter. It was just the Neverwinter MMO, not Neverwinter Nights. Yeah, uh, it's just That's Never what Winter. I was talking about, was that. Yeah, they, uh, they do that in Neverwinter, yeah. I, I was playing, actually, it's really funny. I tried playing Neverwinter on console, and I enjoyed it, but it was really kind of hard to play on console because of the, for one thing, you didn't have access to any of that stuff. Okay. I remember thinking that. But I think we've got time for like <sighs> one more. Yeah, I'm scrambling, trying to figure out which of these two. I'm gonna go with the one that's from uh, Cloud because the one that's the Warcraft wedding stuff is all cool advice, but it's only relatively useful to if you're having a Warcraft wedding. So uh, I'm gonna read Clouds. Um, greetings, watchers. I was wondering if there's ever been any lore in game around how classes learn their abilities. For example, was it ever referenced that paladins learn their healing spells directly from the church, or that John Q. Paladin was throwing his shield around one day and went, oh, this is a great idea. I wondered if it was ever impl implied as we get more powerful, we devise new attacks, such as the new abilities we get as we level um, when we reach max level, or is this just a gameplay Trump's lore situation? Thanks for all you do for the WoW community. I'm honored to be a patron. Cheers, Cloud. Um, paladins actually are a good example here because some of the, sometimes they did get stuff like that. And I, I'm, I don't remember what the Alliance Paladin version was. I know it existed, but the, the Blood Elf Paladins got a really cool quest for their resurrection ability back when they first had it. Like you basically had to go kill a dude <laughs> and then res him. They had, they had class quests like that, that were scattered all throughout the game. Like, um, Priests, priests had a thing where you had to go res somebody or heal somebody out in Elwyn Forest. I remember that. And then Very long rogues, time ago. well, rogues had the quest where they had to learn how to make poisons. They had the one where they went to learn how to detect traps by going to Ravenholt. There was one where you had to, um, was it Picklock? I think maybe you had to go to the ships out off the coast of Ratchet. Over by Frey Island. And Frey Island itself, that was like a warrior thing, right? Yeah, it was how you got Berserker Stance. Right. You went out to Frey Island. And you, the best part about Frey Island was it was very no-nonsense. You you went out to Frey Island, which was hard to get to from for like most Alliance characters because you had to get to, to you know, to, to Ratchet. And then, yep, of course, but... we have to talk about the Druid aquatic form that sent you to two different continents for some reason. And you had to swim yeah. out to the middle of nowhere, but you learned how to be a seal. Yeah. <laughs> I hated Do we even quest. have seal? I've never, I've never even seen one of these animals before. Trust me, they're around. <laughs> I hated that quest, but it was worth but, it. No, they had it for various classes. I mean, the one that, like I said, the Paladin one really stuck out to me. The Blood Elf one, just because it was so, it was just so Blood Elfy. Like you had to yeah. go kill a dude. You know, you had to go kill a dude, and then you have to like res him, make make him not be dead anymore. Like ah, okay, yeah, you figured it out. Well, um, when you, I mean. I think you learn a lot of spells automatically now, but for most of the game's life, you went to your class trainer to learn new spells. And the implication is that guy or gal is teaching you new tricks. They you taught are you how to training. do all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, it's like the, your, um, I, there was, um, what's his name? I don't remember. There's a paladin trainer, uh, last name Shadowbreaker, Grayson Shadowbreaker or something. Yeah. He's actually in the paladin. He's class in the paladin hall. class hall. And, um, the paladin role players in my server back in the day had this kind of accepted mutual part of their story that this was the guy you went to for combat training. Like he's like the greatest, like server wide head cannon. Yeah, awesome. so like everybody <laughs> would go to Grayson Shadowbreaker to train their class spells because that was the dude. Like he, if you want to learn 
you know, how to be a better swordsman. You went to Shadowbreaker. He knew his stuff. Yeah, it was for Warriors. I mean, like I said, it was the the big quest for Warriors was at level 40 or so. The just whirlwind. before you, just before you got to mount, yeah, the Whirlwind Weapons quest, which dragged you all over everywhere. You had to run around um, Stranglethorn collecting various troll parts. You had to go getting like various roots and herbs. And finally, you'd get all this stuff together and you'd take it to this troll out in the middle of freaking nowhere. He wasn't even like... He was like out by a river that straddled two zones, but wasn't really part of either. And you'd go to him and you turn in all the stuff and he'd be like, okay, the one thing you have to do now is you have to fight this level 40 elite I'm about to summon. And once you beat him, yeah, you get your cool weapon. And the, the thing was, it was like, this isn't even an ability. Like, it's just a cool weapon. You don't even learn anything, but it was like this thing all warriors did. And it was like so hard because he was a level 40 something elite back when that really meant something. And you got, uh, I, I remember this, Warriors got that quest pretty early, too. You were level 30. Before. You were level 30 when you started it, because you literally had to run around, um, you had to run around Arathi back when Arath, you know, Arathi had no real purpose. You had to do Alterac, um, as well. The Arathi Highlands, Alterac, uh, you basically had to do Stromgard quite a bit. You had to run around inside Stromgard. Then you had to go down to, like, Stranglethorn and, and like, kill trolls and gather teeth from things and... It was just like, by the time you were done, you were so sick of running around the Eastern Kingdoms. It was like, oh my God. Like, and then you had like you had to get these elemental tokens. It was just nuts for this like level 40 quest to get you like a weapon. I still have that thing in the but bank on one of my characters. that was pretty sweet, to be I fair. remember oh, that. <laughs> yeah, you could get the quest at 30, and if you yeah. had a high-level friend helping you, yeah, you could you just could, blow right through you it. You could blow through it and get that weapon at like level 31, off of that's tuned for level 40 elite so it's a level 40 weapon and you were just a monster for until straight to 60 pretty much it was there was like basically at that level there were three weapons that you would get that would make you a monster um two of them were in in, in, um the one of them was in maradon it was an axe that dropped off of the big alligator the the, i think gator bite axe yeah another was inside it was a it was um scarlet monastery quest item was like the bear, the backbiter or something. And then there was the whirlwind, which was better than either of them. Yeah. The whirlwind was was good enough that you could you could basically use it into your high fifties. Um. And the whirlwind, it was funny because I, I remember like I would go through like basically if you were horde or alliance, you would either horde would be going through Taran Mill, alliance would be going through through um South Shore, and there would always be somebody like you, you if you were a warrior, you diverted to that river up the coast from Tyron Mill and you checked to see if anybody was doing that quest. And if, if, if Cyclonian was up, you killed him. You helped out. You know, yeah. You would like, you know, Oh, I remember you, you son of a whomp. I used to do that. Like it, I think it was level 70 when they finally took it out. Um, maybe it was level 80 with the Cata stuff. I'm not sure. I think sure. it was with the Cata revamp. No. Yeah. I think it was with the Cata revamp. That they took out that yeah. quest. They took out all the old quests. No, I used to like, no, maybe it was of... level. Maybe it was. All of the level 50 class quests went away when they redesigned uh, Sunken Temple. This yeah. wasn't, in fact, by Sunken Temple. This yeah. was a different one. Yeah. But, yeah, um, yeah but... it, was, it, was, it was, when they took it out, I remember, like, I, when we knew it was, I, I'm pretty sure it was Cata revamp, because I remember going up there and checking to see if he was out. Uh, I remember, like, the last time I did it, there were, like, four, there were four level 30 warriors trying to take him out. <laughs> and he just, he couldn't do just it. Just trying to get it <laughs> before yeah. it was gone. <laughs> trying to trying to zerg him down and it's like you couldn't do it because warriors didn't have anything to self-heal back then they had nothing um so they were just dying and it was just like you know i just rode through on my horse and just went like whomp 
There you go. Enjoy your weapons. It'll last you a while. So, yeah, they did exist. They did exist, and then now they're kind of gone, and I'm kind of hoping that maybe the class hall, once you hit 110, it'll start giving you quests related to your class still. Like, I'm hoping maybe we'll get a resurgence of that, because that was kind of fun. It would be nice if there was a way to, to back mask that, to make to give class identity, like, that kind of feel. Like, I don't, I don't necessarily need a class hall for my class identity, but it was cool to, like, go to a trainer and learn something, you know? It's yeah. convenient. Don't get me wrong. It's convenient that when you level up, you learn all your spells because you don't have to drop what you're doing and go all the way back to the city to learn your new stuff. But at the same time, it'd be cool if there were still, like, one or two spells that you had to go on a quest to get them. You or, know? you know, even... Even if he just had a class, if he had a nice quest that just made you feel cool and gave you something neat. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But I guess that's pretty much the show. Um, since we're, I guess, yeah, that is pretty much it. That is our last email, since we're not going to run into wedding tips, unfortunately. But it's a cool email. Thanks for it. Um, I, which means at this point, we ask Anne to step in. Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch, and your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. Thanks very much. Uh, this has been the Blizzard Watch podcast. Uh, I'm Matthew Rossi. I'm your host, and thank you very much for uh, coming by and listening to us talk about Blizzard, and have a good night. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.